guys. Welcome to the Journey of Ruth podcast. My name is Courtney Lohman, and I'm so excited that you have joined me today. I am so glad that you all were so inspired by my conversation with Laura last week. I know the idea of having healthy rhythms and allowing myself space to listen to my body was really on my mind all week. One thing that I've realized in probably the last six months is that even though I'm a night owl, if I'll go to bed at a decent time and then wake up early to have that time to myself, to read the Bible and pray, it really just sets a wonderful tone for my day. And I know somewhere my mom's going, see, I told you so. I told you you should be sleeping more than you are. (laughs) But I hope that you maybe experimented a little this week to find your best time, whether it's at night or while the kids are taking a nap or on your lunch break, whatever it is. I hope that you took a little bit of time to kind of figure that out. And I really also hope that your time includes a little time of prayer. Jacob Hodge in episode 11 challenged us with the idea that scripture, and specifically memorizing scripture, gives the Holy Spirit a language in our hearts to speak to us with. And so that time in scripture and prayer, I feel like I just get to know God's voice a little bit better, and then he can speak to me throughout the day, which can really provide some reassurance in those moments of true chaos. If you're enjoying the Journey of Ruth podcast every week, let me invite you to join our Inside Circle. For only $5 a month, you can become a Journey of Ruth patron at patreon.com slash journeyofruth. Our patrons have the ability to offer podcast ideas to myself. I ask for their input on interview questions, and there's more to come in this next year. So I would love for you to join our community at Patreon this week and let your voice be heard. Now this week, I am so excited to introduce you all to my friend, Jenilee Samuel. Jenilee and I have known each other since high school, and I know that a lot of our episodes here can be serious or they can have a heavier topic. Well, this is just fun. (laughs) Jenilee has a styling business where she goes into her clients' closets. She looks at all the clothes that they have, and then she helps them create looks that follow current fashion trends. Isn't that so much fun? So I asked her to come on, talk about her family, talk about her love of fashion, and give us some good fashion tips because because um, I need them. <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoy. Everybody, I want to introduce you to my friend, Jenna Lee Samuel. Hello. <laughs> so Jenna Lee and I have known each other since high school. Yes. We were girl. in show choir together and girls ensemble together. So we just, we sang together basically. We did. Yeah. We totally. Did. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we didn't do prom or anything, did we? No, because the year you went to prom, I was in um, all state choir and chose not to go to prom because it was the same night. Oh, mm-hmm. look at you being so loyal to the choir peeps. Well, no, no, <laughs> no, I didn't know. That was my junior year. Uh-huh. And I didn't know if I'd make it my senior year. So I was uh-huh. like, I made it. I'm going to go now because there's no guarantee that I'll make it next year. And prom will be there my senior year. Well, you know, that was pretty smart thinking. Look at you being way ahead as a junior. I'm not saying that I made it on my own. It's probably my mom was like, let's think this through. Right. You know, and I think it was up in like NAU or something. So I couldn't then drive right. across town and go. 
I remember that. Mm-hmm. I remember you were at NAU. I do. I don't know why I remember that, but I do remember that. There you go. And it was at the Science Center that year. It wasn't. It was fun. I know. That's what I hear. <laughs> and then my senior year was at just a resort, and it was like, well, we have dancing. And I that's know. it. Not nearly as much fun. Hold yeah. on. Did I graduate? Were you a year behind me? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, you were 02. I was 01. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So. <clears throat> right. Okay. So, yes, it was that year, and I wish I'd gone to prom that year, but I actually am happy, very happy with the decision I made. Sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, anyway, so there's our prom stories, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a whole lot of stories. The other ones are all boring. They were all backstage, dressed up like boys for girls' ensembles, so... <laughs> It's That's true. where I learned how to tie a tie was girls ensemble because oh we had to wear gosh. ties. We did. Yeah. White yeah. men's button up shirts. Yeah. With black slacks. Ties and character shoes. Yeah. yeah. We were something special back then. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to more interesting. Topics. I hated those pants because they never fit. Never, no, ever. so unflattering. And oh everyone who even had a cute butt suddenly had none because right. the pants were so unflattering. So they were mom yeah. jeans before mom jeans were cool. Yes, they were. In polyester. Yeah. Okay, so I know about your life, but tell the listeners about who you are and a little about your family. Oh, of course. Um, Okay, so uh, let's see. High school, then I went to Bible school, a leadership academy, um, which is where I met my husband over the phone. It was actually... Uh, he was one of the youth pastors on my call list. And so called him. We hit it off from the first conversation, proceeded to have a professional friendship over the phone. <laughs> uh-huh. Everyone around me gave me the slanty eye, but I was like, whatever. And so anyways, um, so then I got kind of schemy and was like, okay, so I don't know what this guy looks like, but we have a pretty great connection. So I decided to uh, manufacture this plan that I did follow through with. So it was not totally manipulative. <laughs> And I emailed all my youth pastors and was like, okay, I want to pray for everybody. So I need all of y'all to send me a picture so I can print it out and put it up in my cubicle. Mm -hmm. And when I see your pictures, I'll pray for you and your ministry. I did do it because I needed to be a woman of integrity, but the motivator was absolutely to get a picture of Steven. So I know he said that he, uh, figured that's what it was. So he was the longest, slowest person to get me one. And when he did, it was like this microscopic picture online. He was like a quarter of a centimeter tall. You could barely make out that he was shooting. (laughs) It was totally unhelpful. But anyway, so long story short, it evolved into a romantic relationship and we got married. uh, I think he proposed the second, second time. Third time we saw each other face to face is when he proposed. There you go. And yeah, so we've been married almost 15 years come March. We have four boys and we've been in ministry the whole time we've been married. I've been doing ministry um, since I was technically three years old, but really as an individual, 14 and him since he was 16. So we've both been in ministry for over two decades and we love it. We're pastors and uh, raising our four boys and on sabbatical this year we've just spent six months on our first ever sabbatical and it's been such a blessing I was gonna say is it amazing it's amazing it's really amazing (laughs) (laughs) so So four boys what is that like life must be crazy life uh is busy busy or it's messy or it's stinky or it's hungry that's my (laughs) life yes (laughs) oh I've heard that um 
What's the age range of your boys? Okay, my oldest is 13. My next is 11. They're right at two years apart. And then the next one is 10. They're like 18 months apart. And then the youngest is soon to be eight. Okay. So I had you got to throw that in there soon to be eight, because if you called him seven, he would be upset about that. Yes, exactly. Uh Yes, exactly. (laughs) Because I think all four of them I had before my oldest turned six. I had all four before he was even six years old. So when they were little, it was like survival of the fittest was what it was like. Yes. My gosh. I look at your Instagram posts and you're having so much fun with them. And (laughs) I'm like, man, she has four boys and it doesn't look like she's stressed at all. And I have two and I'm pulling my hair out over here. (laughs) When they were little, I had to intentionally... Uh, filter what I put on social media because I literally I remember their little years and Mm -hmm. it literally felt like I was barely making it from day to day like Mm -hmm. I did things to make it fun simply so I wouldn't lose my sanity because (laughs) if it wasn't fun it was stressful and I preferred fun so (laughs) that makes a lot of sense (laughs) yeah (laughs) so as a mom what's Uh your biggest dream for your boys Honestly, my biggest dream, this is going to sound so cliche, but it's true. Um, My biggest dream is simply that they would fulfill whatever it is that God has created them to fulfill. It's that simple. Whether they're a doctor, one of them wants to be a pilot. One of them has an engineer's brain. The other one is so creative. He could be an inventor. Like they have, I, it's just fun seeing their giftings start to emerge. My Mm -hmm. oldest is really talented on the guitar now and, Um, and my, my third youngest, he, he's such an eloquent communicator and he's such a great teacher. Like he has a real teaching gift. And so seeing their giftings come out, you know, it's fun to kind of daydream what they could be, but I try to always really, really honor, um, their, their daydreaming and, and yeah, I try to never like be like, well, when you're a pastor, because I'm like, I've told them straight out, I'm like, listen, mom and dad have been called to be pastors, but God could call you to do anything as long as you're doing it to glorify the Lord and, and help people know him. Mm-hmm. You're doing ministry. It does not have to be in a church. So I'm like, you need to just listen to God's heart and hear what his plan is for your life. And so my youngest wants to be a shark scientist. Hey. So yeah, not going to lie. I'm kind of praying about that one. I'm like, <laughs> Lord, if he's going to take on a calling that's risk risky and life-threatening, <laughs> at least let it be with some eternal value. <laughs> like, those sharks are not going to heaven, you know? So, I mean, Anyways. who knows? Maybe it's going to take him to some remote place. I don't know. That does, probably doesn't help your, your mom heart. You're like, great, Courtney, no, right. where I can't contact him. Thank you. That's really know, making right? it better. Middle of the Amazon, I appreciate that. He's like the next, uh, you know, alligator man on YouTube or something. Right, like, right. Oh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. One of my hopes as my kids kind of have grown, and mm-hmm. this is what I pray for them on a nightly basis, is that they would be humble, kind, compassionate men that love Jesus. And yeah. It's a lot of words, right? And I sometimes I'm like, okay, as I'm watching them play with each other and steal each other's toys, I'm like, yeah. okay, that was not compassionate, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. Or come home and, and talk about how much better they were than somebody at school. I'm like, not humble. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how do I teach these guys? But right. 
What does it look like to raise godly men in your opinion? Wow. That is such a big question. Um, for me, godly men is, well, I'll just speak from what's important in our home is that we teach them to carry a spirit of honor towards all people. And I feel like it's one that they slash we fail at more than we succeed at because I, it's probably because I'm hyper aware of when we're failing at it. Um, but I really try to call forward when they're doing it well, you know, mm-hmm. but that just means that they, they treat each other um, like they're utmost important and that their feelings matter, that their words matter, that their boundaries matter. That That's a big one. I don't know if that's just yeah. boys it feels like we talk about boundaries a lot. Like, Hey, he said no. Yeah. And the story, that's a complete sentence. Like right. that means, that, you know, and that so, doesn't mean try it one more time and see if it still bothers him. Exactly. <laughs> you will get thrown through the wall. Right. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. So teaching them how to walk in a spirit of honor, but also um, we, uh, I don't know if you, I don't know if this is a common phrase on your podcast or not, but we come from a real like prophetic culture. Mm-hmm. When I say real, I don't mean it's like hyper spiritual and like oogie freaky, but real in that it really touches our day to day life uh-huh. in that hearing God's voice, paying attention to our dreams, um, you know, being sensitive to, uh, obey the Holy spirit and, and prioritize the word of God in our behavior, like that is central to our family culture. Mm -hmm. And so, um, to me, just, I mean, raising godly men is, is raising, like you said, really humble. I love the words that you chose, humble, compassionate. Uh, we use the phrase fat. We want you to be fat, faithful, available, and teachable. Yes. Yep. (laughs) We've used that with our women's ministry and we're like, this is the worst word to use for women's ministry ever. (laughs) Yes, it really is. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but I think what they probably hear come out of my mouth a lot is, is be kind. Cause Mm -hmm. if I'm like, guys, was that kind? They're like, no, be kind. So (laughs) kindness, love, you know, fruits of the spirit. That was important. So this goes back just a little bit, but how do you encourage their own dreams and not force your hopes for them? I feel like. God's ways are higher than my ways and his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. So if I try to limit my imagination for their future to my own level of dreaming, Mm -hmm. then I'm putting a lid on them. And that sounds very like abstract, I know. But the way I do that is when they start talking about what they're excited about, that's oftentimes a key to their heart. And a key to the passions that God has put inside of them. I heard it said one time, also watch for their giftings, the things they're very natural at. Hmm. Um, because I believe that your giftings are a key to your calling. Um, because the Lord equips us for the thing he's designed us for, right? And so your giftings are the things that you do the very, the most easily with the least amount of effort. Hmm. They come the most naturally to you. So no matter what environment you're in, no matter... Uh, what's going on, those giftings will naturally show up. And so for me, that's communication and leadership. Those are just two of my, I'm not afraid to take charge. It's gotten me in trouble more than I can count, you know, (laughs) and my communication also has gotten me in trouble more than I can count. I get that one. (laughs) Right Right there with you. Right. 
And so those are things I'm naturally good at. Um, my different boys have natural strengths that emerge in different settings. And so I try to watch for those patterns. Mm -hmm. And when I see those giftings and I see those strengths, I try to really water that with encouragement. Mm -hmm. And then I just kind of, I do a lot of listening. I kind of stand back. I don't presume that I know what they're called to because I don't, you know, I'm still figuring out. Well, I mean, I think I've always known what I'm called to, but I'm still figuring out how that'll take shape in my life. Yeah. It, it changes with each season, you know? And so I don't ever want to put a lid on them. And it's fun to watch the inner deposits the Lord's put inside of them kind of come out. And I look back at my childhood and I realize how as a child, I play pretended a lot of the things that were part of my destiny. And so I used to pretend I was writing books and that's something I believe the Lord's called me to do one day. I used to line my dolls up and preach to them. And that's something the Lord's put inside <laughs> of me. You know, I used to pretend I'd carry around a microphone and singing it all the time. And, you know, I love leading worship and that's still something that I do. So I feel like in our child likeness, mm -hmm. we naturally demonstrate the things God's put in raw form inside of us. So I really try to observe and encourage. Yeah. So. Yeah. So speaking of your destiny, let's talk about all the things that God has led you to. <laughs> oh gosh. Your list of jobs is, you know, it's not just like, well, I work in an office. Period. Right. No, it's like so much more complicated than that. So give us a picture of the many jobs you do. Oh Lord Jesus. Okay. <laughs> so I, I have come to discover I am a chronic learner. Like if I don't have a skill for something and it poses an obstacle, I'm like, ain't nobody got time to pay someone to do this. I'm just going to go figure it out myself. <laughs> and so <laughs> thank you, Jesus, for Google and YouTube and Pinterest. Like, right? I could have a degree in all of those. And so I uh, currently, my current employment status is I am a social media manager for a home builder right here, which was also something I accidentally stumbled into. Um <laughs> I, uh, let's see, since I became a mom, I was a mom for 10 years and then stitch fix, which, uh, is got, what got me into fashion. I mean, I was kind of into fashion, but stitch fix was my first job in that career field. Uh -huh. And I worked there for three years, styled over 8,000 people and wow. had, yeah, like, which is kind of insane. Um, if I had styled in a normal setting, like, you know, you'd, style a couple dozen people a month, maybe if you're doing good, you uh -huh. know, so 8,000 people in three years is kind of insane. Yeah. Um, well that kind of segued me more into social media and I did marketing, uh, when I worked at the ministry in college and I, ha I felt like I had a natural knack for it. And I've always felt like I probably could have gotten into marketing, but I never considered it as a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so now I'm in marketing and, uh, I'm also, their sales rep. So apparently I sell houses <laughs> and, uh, hey, there you go. anyways, yeah. So you do uh, a great job with your walkthroughs that you, oh, do you watch you post online. Yeah. Yeah. Aw, thank you so much. It is <laughs> like, Oh, look at the outside of that house. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's a great, I would love to have that room right off my front door. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I say the same things when I'm walking through, like as if I've never seen it before. Um, so anyway, so that's uh, social media marketing, uh, and then fashion, and then I'm a podcaster as well, and then a pastor, except that we're on break right now. So those are kind of my four main gigs <laughs> at the moment. You say that like it's normal. Those are my four main gigs. You know, <laughs> usually people have like one. <laughs> right, I know. I have, I have had to learn to organize my time because, uh -huh. you know, if you get too divided, you end up 
diluting your effectiveness. And so, I mean, because we're on sabbatical, the pastoring thing is kind of on the side. We still meet with people just relationally. And so discipleship still continues to happen naturally. Mm -hmm. Um, But we just don't have any responsibilities. And so my podcast has been on hold for the last six months, which has probably been the hardest part about the sabbatical is keeping that on pause. But um, I'm crossing my fingers that I'll be able to pick it back up very soon. I was going to say, but it's coming back. <laughs> it's coming back. Yes. <laughs> so since you brought that up, let's talk a little bit about that. What's your podcast? What is it about? Yeah. Okay. Uh, my podcast is called Java with Jen. And uh, it emerged because uh, really out of my heart, my husband and I have a real heart for discipleship because we feel like, A, that was the Great Commission, was make disciples. And we have found that the most fruitful work in ministry is simply pouring into people who are hungry to grow and getting in their lives. I mean, that's what Jesus's model is. He poured himself into those 12 became 11 guys and those 11 guys are the ones who wrecked the world in the best way. And, um, and so we just were like, you know, let's keep it simple. Let's disciple people. And uh, we're both kind of very relational. So it happens very naturally. Um, so after 12 years of being college pastors, uh, many of those women, you know, we went from what degree should I choose to should I date this boy to mm-hmm. I said yes, and we're getting married to I found out I'm pregnant to how do I raise this toddler, you know, yeah. and like, their lives progressed. And they the common uh, voice among all of it was, I don't I've never had anyone to go to until you stepped into my life, which yeah. was flattering, but then heartbreaking because I'm like, why is this such a common sentiment? Like the Bible tells older women to teach the younger women to love their husbands and attend to their households. You know, like as older women, we have a responsibility to mentor and disciple the younger women. And so since many of them were moving off and less accessible, I was like, you know, a podcast does not replace sitting down and having coffee with someone but maybe it could come kind of close. And yeah. so that's why I created the podcast. And, and I think of those women when I'm choosing what topics to speak about or who to interview or, you know, what I want to cover. I just, I picture those ladies and I'm like, okay, what are they going through right now? What questions might they be having right now? And how can I serve them with mm-hmm. the things the Lord's taught me? And so yeah. that's the vision behind it. So your first season is out there and available for anyone yep. to listen to. There's 13 episodes in that first season. You said it. All right. My, yeah. one of the most impactful, because I'm a Java with Jen fan. Oh, <laughs> so, I love it. Um, so my, one of my favorite episodes is the episode where you talked about shame in parenting. Uh, and it really kind of opened my eyes to the fact that you don't really need to shame your children because shame is already there. Yeah. And like, you don't need to scoop that on there because- they're probably already feeling it without you adding it. And so I loved, that's one episode that I loved, Uh, but there's, there's 13 great episodes. So everybody go listen Um, (laughs) and more to come. So I'm very excited. (laughs) Yes. Yes. In fact, uh, my two most recent episodes were about learning to hear God's voice and how to basically walk in the prophetic. And that second one, that's real practical. Mm -hmm. That one is probably one of my most listened to episodes. And then the other one was the one you mentioned about, um, parenting. Uh And then I think my other most popular one, 
aside from the one with Manuel Reyes, because yes. he's a celebrity, so more people look up his name, you know? Right, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, but uh, the other one was uh, one of my personal favorites is the one about for mamas who miss the Lord. Um, mm. And that was just, that one's shorter, but it was a word that the Lord spoke to me when I was processing the guilt of not having time to spend with him because I was raising little tiny people. Mm, <laughs> and yeah. just, and the way the Lord set me free like that, and it just set me free. And then when I published it on Facebook all those years back, oh my gosh, all the comments came pouring in of women who were like, I sobbed my eyes out while I read this because it was so freeing. And I was like, oh, good. Well, I guess I should put it on my podcast. (laughs) So uh, anyway, so that one's on, that's my personal favorite because it's just so personal. But um, I've I've already recorded one or two episodes. um, One about having a quiet time with the Lord and what that, how that can look like real practical. Uh And then another one of why does worship prepare our heart to hear from God and like even getting into the science behind how our body and brain works to receive from the voice of God. So I like that. Good stuff coming. Very nice. Um, So all of your jobs that you do, they're all kind of service oriented. Like is why is service important to you? That was very insightful of you. When I read that question, I was like, ooh, look how observant she is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been thinking about it because I was like, man, that's a really good question. Okay, so on a nerd level, the answer to that question is probably because I'm an Enneagram 3 wing 2. Hey. <laughs> yeah. If you're I'm into an Enneagram 2 wing 3. Are you? Look I am. Up. I am. So. Yes. So the Enneagram three is a doer. The Enneagram two is a server. Mm. And so um, I love to make a difference, but I love to make a difference helping people. So I think on a very fundamental level, that's why. Uh, but I think also just personally, I I feel like kind of like the word says, those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Mm. I feel like the most rewarding work to pour yourself into is work that blesses and builds up other people. It's it's just the most rewarding. I get yeah. bored with myself. I've done selfish. I've done egotistical and it gets really shallow and unsatisfying, you know, right. but it's like, there's a deep ocean of satisfaction when you're serving other people. So yeah, that makes that's sense. the only thing I could think. <laughs> so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that fashion side of your life. Okay. Okay. You have four boys. Yeah. What does that look like to be a mom that loves fashion and have boys? Do they... Do they have to, you know, do you ask their opinion about things? It's a double-edged sword (laughs) because like, I wish I, I wish I could dress them. I wish they would let me. And I've tried and I'm like, boys, I can make you look awesome if you just let me. And my oldest son is more where he's like, mom, you could take me shopping. But now all he wants to wear is joggers and sweatshirt hoodies. And I'm just like, oh, you're fired, you know? So I oftentimes am thinking to myself when we're out and people know I'm a stylist, I'm thinking, please do not judge my styling skills by my children because they dress themselves. I do not dress them. So there's that. Sometimes I will ask them though for their opinions and uh, I get as many opinions as I have children. So it's not always helpful, but, uh, but they do like to weigh in on it. And I just think it's so cute. They'll be quick to tell me if my shirt is too low cut or my skirt is too short, they'll be like, uh, no. And I'm like, okay. who taught you to care about that? But yeah, they funny. do. We yeah. took Spider-Man to Costco last night. So <gasps> I've I taken Spider-Man to Walmart. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> and then Captain America was running around our house today. So, um, no, I asked you that question with this personal story in mind. Okay. And that is that when I got married, I asked my husband, hey, do you think these shoes go with this outfit? And he's like, he looked at me and was like, I don't know. <laughs> and I'm like, no, seriously, like, do these shoes match this outfit? He's like, it doesn't matter. And I'm like, whoa, okay, wait a minute. It does matter. <laughs> Totally, totally but mattered. in my mind, it was weird that he wouldn't have an opinion. Mm-hmm. And then as, you know, we went along in our marriage, what I realized is that because my brothers grew up with me, a girl, uh-huh. always asking their opinion, they learned to have an opinion. Yeah. Well, Jeff didn't have sisters. He only had his brother. So he never had anyone asking him, does this look good together? Right. Right. And th- his mom didn't ask those questions of him. And right. so he's like, okay, do I answer this question? If I say no, <laughs> is she going to be mad at me? <laughs> like you see that on like movies and stuff. TV, like, does yeah. this dress look good on me? Right. Do I say that it's too tight around the middle or do I not? You know, yeah. but <laughs> I'm like, no, I need an honest opinion. If not, I'm going to have to FaceTime one of my girlfriends so they can give me an opinion. Yes. So he's learned to have an opinion after eight oh, years of marriage good. but yes yeah. yes my husband used to be I'd come home and I'd want to show him everything I bought mm. and he was like he couldn't be more interested in a piece of salami like he was just like <laughs> so not interested and so I like had to teach him I was like okay stop what you're doing eyes on me I'm gonna show you the things you're gonna be excited because I'm excited and he was like oh okay and so like I just spell it out for him so even the boys, like, if they ever say something, like, rude in response, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. You can have your opinion. You cannot be rude. I'm still a girl, and I still have feelings. So I may be your mom, be but nice. I still have feelings. Please. Yes, exactly. And so, but usually they're very sweet. Usually they'll be like, oh, mommy, you look so beautiful, or Aww. something very sweet and thoughtful. So That's yeah. good. Oh, my I gosh. Know. That's so funny. So oh. one of the things that you do in fashion is that you will go in and – work in people's closets and their clothes that they already have yes. like styling their closets. Can you talk about what that is and what is your goal when you walk into their closet? Yes. I love doing this. In fact, I have a client next week. I can't wait. Um, she found me. Oh, there <laughs> you go. I know she found me. So I'm like, yes, I will come to your closet. Um, so in all my time styling at stitch fix, there was kind of like these top emerging, hurdles that women would get stuck on with their wardrobe it was I don't know my body shape I don't know how to dress my body shape I don't know what my style is I don't know how to put an outfit together or I don't know what clothes I need to feel like I have I have what I need Mm. and so it was like those basic ones and um and so when I go into a woman's closet it's, it's actually really interesting. When I have my first consult, I'll ask them. I'll be like, okay, what are you hoping that we will accomplish? Or, or what problem are we solving? And usually their answer is, I have no idea. Like, mm-hmm. they don't even know what the problem is. They just know when they walk in their closet, they have no idea what to do. And um, I used to be like that. Like, I, I used to be that person. And so I totally understand the feeling. And so when I go in there, I will basically, I'll give them a basic education. Let's figure out what your body shape is. 
Let's figure out what colors look best on you. Let's look on Pinterest. I created some boards that are in the different like style categories to help mm -hmm. them kind of hone in on a couple key styles they really like the most. And then from there, I'll be like, okay, now we know how to dress for your shape. Like we know what direction we need to go for that. We know what direction to go for style. Let me show you how to build an outfit. And we'll go through what's in their closet and I will pull things out and they'll pull out pieces maybe they struggle with or pieces that they're bored with or whatever, as long as it fits, that's the criteria. Yeah. And I'll show them, I'll walk them through how I build an outfit starting with one piece. And then usually based on how it fits their body, if they're like, yeah, I've tried it on that jacket on, but it just makes me look square and boxy. So I'll be like, okay, put the jacket on. I'll be like, here's some tricks. And I'll be like, roll your sleeves to your elbows. Okay. That accents your waistline. And they'll be like, oh my gosh, it looks so much better. You know? <laughs> so I'll show them little tricks to make their legs look longer, make their waist look smaller, make their arms look or their neck look long, whatever the things that will flatter your shape. And then suddenly it's kind of like they have the education, more of the education that they need. Mm -hmm to feel like they can confidently put something together. And then usually at that point, we have figured out some key pieces that they don't have in their closet. So I make a list while we're going through everything. And then if they want me to go shopping with them, I can tackle that shopping list with them. Or when they're shopping, they are not wasting money on non-essential pieces. So yeah. 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 That's amazing. I know that a couple months ago, I was looking for a good pair of skinny jeans. Mm -hmm. I like, kept finding jeans that were stretching out every time I wore them just for a couple minutes. And so I sent you a message and I was like, okay, you've got to tell me what am I doing wrong and where am I supposed to find a skinny jean? And you told me that I needed to look for one with a higher polyester or spandex, mm -hmm. higher spandex. spandex percentage because cotton mm -hmm. stretches and stays stretched out. Yeah. I had no idea that that, that was a thing. I mean, I, I've looked yeah. at the percentages, but never thought, oh, that means the, you know, piece will respond like this. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That, that was all stuff that I had to learn by default because when I was styling clients with Stitch Fix, I, I mean, 75% of my clients, I never even laid eyes on them. I just went by described measurements and their feedback of how certain pieces fit them. But of course we had over 200 brands. And so right. I would look through all these jeans that are in their size. And then it came down to those nuances of like, okay, they're fuller in the butt. So they need a higher rise in the back or, you know, if this is a four way stretch, it'll help hug their curves better. Or if it's this or that. So I had to like know how fabrics interact with different cuts and shapes and wow. all the things. Yeah. That's a lot to, keep in your mind but oh my gosh yeah it was <laughs> so if someone's feeling really tired of their wardrobe is there a suggestion that you have for us because I know that you're obviously your suggestion is not you're gonna need to get rid of your whole wardrobe and buy a new one no way <laughs> no uh for one if someone's tired of their wardrobe I try to hone in on why are they tired of it is it that they feel like they've lost inspiration and they don't know how to work with what's there? Is it that truly things aren't quite fitting right? And so they're discouraged when they try to put clothes on because they just feel like a sausage, you know, mm -hmm. like <laughs> let's figure out what the problem is. Um, and so once you figure out what that problem is, then 
usually if someone feels like they have the tools to create the vision, they can get excited about it. Mm -hmm. So it's knowing that you have the right key pieces. Sometimes you just need some, I remember I used to get super frustrated with my wardrobe and it was because what I needed is I needed layering tank tops to make a number of my shirts work. Uh And, or even because I have a short torso, the layering tank tops made my waist look longer So then I looked better in the clothes I had because it added a little length on top. And so little things like, or let's say you're frustrated with your wardrobe because you have all these great summer pieces, but you can't wear any of it to church. So when you get dressed on Sunday, you're mad at your closet. Okay, go buy a denim jacket. Okay. (laughs) Your denim denim jacket, roll the sleeves in the summer. It goes over tank tops. It goes over... Everything goes over dresses, goes over sundresses, maxi dresses, put it with a leather skirt, put it with everything. So like there's (laughs) certain staples that will help you get so much more creative mileage out of your closet. And so I usually, I usually try to make sure they have all those staples and you can figure that out by going online. Pinterest is a gold mine Mm -hmm. and look up, um, capsule wardrobe. A capsule wardrobe is basically where you get the most multifunctional pieces and you make that the core of your wardrobe. And so, you know, that's your, usually there are a lot of neutral pieces because it makes them more interchangeable. Uh Um, but you're going to get more mileage out of them. And so, that's usually what I'll do or I'll tell people go online also and just start browsing and seeing what gives them joy when they look at it as far as styles are concerned and then try to mimic some of those styles and just even a couple new looks can be enough to kind of give you a fresh breath when you're digging through your closet so someone once told me when we were decorating I believe it was our nursery they said go on Pinterest and just search for nursery decorations decor and then just scroll through and add to your um, page whatever it add to your board whatever it is that strikes your fancy mm-hmm. don't even worry about it being all the same just right. go through and just whatever you like throw it on your board and then go th- back to your board and now look at your board and what you're going to find out is that you actually do have an idea of what you want just because you're going to start seeing similarities like, oh, I didn't yeah. realize that I apparently want stripes on the walls because every yeah. thing that I've pinned is stripes on the walls. Or I apparently want a woodland theme because I really like the animals a lot, uh-huh. you know, and you start to see those um, those patterns and then that'll give you yeah. an idea of where to go. Does that work the same with fashion? Absolutely. When I had my clients <coughs> uh, with Pinterest or with uh, Stitch Fix, the ones who gave me a Pinterest board of the fashion styles that they love, mm-hmm. I almost always had a higher keep rate with them because I could see in their head. You know what I mean? Yeah. And even though they might look at it and go, I have 275 styles pinned. I don't know where to start. I would scroll it and I'd be like, okay, I see that you like loose draped layers, striped shirts, and wedge heels. Okay, I'm going to find you some jeans, a loose drape layer, a striped tank top, and some wedge heels. And I'd send them that and they're like, oh my gosh, I love it. And so, <laughs> yes, the exact same concept. That's, that's so helpful. I do that with all of my clients. So with eight 
thousand people that you've styled. That number is just crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you st- you have styled women of all shapes and sizes and ages. So what are the general body shapes and mm-hmm. what is your favorite key piece for each of the shapes? Yes, I gotcha. Okay. So there's basically five um, key body shapes and everybody is usually a blend to some degree of like two of them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but you've got the typical hourglass, which we we've heard of that's probably most popular popularly known one. Mm-hmm. The hourglass is basically your bust, your waist, and your hips. Um, there's a 10 inch difference between at least a 10 and nine or 10 inch difference between your bust measurement and your waist, and then a nine or 10 inch difference between your waist and your hips. And your bust and hips are approximately the same proportion. Okay. And so the hourglass is just the most symmetrical as far as shape. Mm-hmm. And so it's considered the easiest to dress, but I think, I think that one and the rectangle are really easy to dress. <clears throat> the other ones are uh, the rectangle, which is also considered a boyish shape is what it used to be called. They changed it. Mm-hmm. Um, no girl wants to be called a boy. And, uh, <laughs> Basically, that's where your hips and your bust are approximately the same width, and you don't have a real defined waist. And typically, a rectangle, they're not typically super busty. Sometimes, Mm -hmm. sure, but typically not super busty. And then you've got your triangle, your inverted triangle, where maybe their shoulders are real broad, and they may be busty. And then they kind of taper down. No real defined waist. Mm Mm-hmm. They're kind of shaped um, broad on top with narrower hips. And then the, uh, what is that? Hourglass. Oh, the pair. That'd be me. I am Tinkerbell. Um, Where (laughs) your upper body is pretty tiny and then you have a defined waist, but then you've got a fuller hips and butt and thighs. And so that's me. And if you notice, like all the superheroes on Disney, like Mrs. Incredible, (laughs) she is a super (laughs) pair. She is. That's true. Now, honestly, not going to lie, Disney is what helped me get comfortable with my body shape because I used to hate being a pear because I thought I just felt so bottom heavy. Uh And then I noticed that Tinkerbell and Jasmine and Mrs. Mm -hmm. Incredible, all these princesses were all really curvy through the hips and the butt. And I was like, they're built like me. Okay, I'm all right. I'm a princess. And then let's see. What's the other one? Apple. Yes, thank you. The apple. The reason I know that is because that's me. Oh yes, yes, you're right. You pro- you have great legs, though. I do have great legs, but it's yeah. funny because it's. It, I've always told people like I am the same, like straight up and down. You know when they're like, oh well, you're gonna get your jeans and they're they're gonna stay up, and I'm like, they don't stay up because like my bust is the same measurement as my waist as my hips, yeah. and sometimes my bust is bigger than my hips and my waist, but my hips and waist are the same, and yeah. then, um like I lost weight and they shrunk at the same like pace proportions. Oh like, Lord. I thought my stomach would like, you know, shrink. And then I would have a smaller waist than I had hips. No, they just continued to shrink at the same <laughs> pace. So I was like, okay, so I guess it is true about myself. You know? That's, that's awesome. Okay. Well the apple shape, I will say this for all you apples that are out there and feel like it's in your head that you're extra frustrated and it's harder for you to dress. You're absolutely right. Oh, good. It is harder for you to dress because the apple shape is just, it's, it's just harder because things are built for hips. 
you know, most clothes are built for hips. So even the triangle body shape as well, Mm -hmm. also a difficult time dressing. Um, And so if you're carrying extra weight as an apple, tend to carry it in the middle. Usually an apple is pretty busty, Mm -hmm. um, but the apple's got great legs. And so usually a very lean, shapely legs. And so... You rock those legs, girl. So <laughs> it also makes like, it hard to buy pants, though, because if I buy them to fit my hips and my waist, they're baggy on my legs. Yeah, does that make sense? <laughs> yes, it does. Yes. Yeah, so this was the forever struggle for all of my apples. Okay, yeah. so <clears throat> there's different schools of thought on this. If you're an apple, mm-hmm. if you're buying jeans, okay, I highly recommend buy high stretch jeans. a higher stretch content because it's going to have more flexibility quite obviously. Um, what did we say was the, the mid rise is like the worst rise for an apple. Oh, well mid rise or high rise is is hard. You want a low rise. And actually I saw that on your Instagram when you said that about the apple, like if you have an apple shape, you should look for low rise pants. And I thought I was just being so stuck in the mud because I love low rise jeans uh-huh. and have since high school, but now uh-huh. all these mid rise and high rise have come in style. And I'm like, I just, I don't like them when I sit down, they squeeze my middle. And then when I stand up, they f- just fall down because yeah. there's no hips there to hold them up. I yeah. want my low rise. And for a while there, I couldn't find a pair of low rise jeans like anywhere. And then you're yeah. like, yeah, low rise is best for Apple. I'm like, so I'm not crazy. <laughs> not crazy. Not crazy at all. I know, honestly, jeans and pants are really hard for apple body shapes to find. And to be honest, because of that, I'm on a personal mission to figure out the best brands and cuts for apple body shapes because it's not fair that apples have to have a harder time. Um, <laughs> but if it makes you feel better, Megan, uh, the new princess, oh, Megan. Megan yeah, Megan Markle. She's an apple. Oh, I noticed this. Yep, she's an apple. She's kind of bustier. Mm-hmm. She's like kind of straight through the middle. She has super lean legs. Mm-hmm. And when she started carrying any weight, it was all in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Princess, who's the other one? Princess Kate. Kate yeah. Kate. Yeah, she's a triangle. <clears throat> she's actually oh. got broad shoulders and really narrow hips. And I've noticed that when she wears stuff that's fuller on the bottom half, Um, which plays to your question when she wears stuff fuller on the bottom half it balances her shape and she looks good in it but when she wears stuff that's in a more sheath sheath style or like straight cut Mm -hmm. it doesn't flatter her so much because it accentuates how narrow her hips are oh yeah okay okay so to answer the second half of your question with the body shapes Uh I actually actually created when polyvore was a thing i created charts with like if you're an apple body shape here are the key pieces that'll flatter you the most so Mm -hmm. i actually created visual charts um that i have on my computer but polyvore (laughs) went away so i didn't finish making the rest of them but an an hourglass shape typically an hourglass is gonna look great in most anything except for just real straight cut pieces okay so if you're an hourglass and you really love a sheath dress, stick a belt on it to accent your waist. And at least we'll still be able to tell you're an hourglass. Right. Um, for people with like, I'm a pair and I'm heavy on the hips. I actually look really good in a sheath style dress because it makes my hips and my shoulder line look more balanced. And oh, so, yeah. 
basically whichever half of your body you carry more of your weight, you want to add volume to the opposite half of your body. So I carry weight through my hips. So I look for stuff with wide necklines or, um, you know, cap sleeves or uh, dramatic shoulders or embellishments up on the top top upper half mm -hmm. and then I wear darker mm -hmm. colors typically on the bottom okay. and and so that's how I balance my uh pear shape and then people with let's see you said you're an apple yeah <clears throat> apples look really great in straight cuts as well as long as it skims the body and doesn't get stuck on the middle um, so if it skims the body, you're great. And apple, I have seen some apple shapes where they'll look really great with a little skinny belt right across the middle, mm -hmm. um, because it actually gives visually the illusion of a waistline, yeah. even though there's not a waistline visually, it kind of creates one. And I'm trying to think it's been a while since I've, <laughs> I've had to <laughs> do all the body shapes. I'm kind of slowing down on it. I do feel like rectangle body shapes, um, and actually apples too, you know, the pea plum cut where it's like, oh, it's yeah. like a, sh like a shirt and it looks like it's got a little skirt on it. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's called the peplum or yeah. pea plum. Um, that looks great on most body shapes, honestly. Okay. Uh, and so if you're an apple, it's again, it's kind of about where it hits you. I have a mm -hmm. short waist. And so I look better in longer peplums than I do with shorter peplums because okay. shorter peplums just it's can it's harder if it's easier to show you if I have a picture but anyways I used to enjoy wearing a peplum on top with a like um like a pencil skirt on the bottom because mm -hmm. I felt like that the that mm -hmm. peplum loose area around the stomach hid yeah. everything that I wanted it to. And then it was like, no, but look, it's still skinny because here's the pencil skirt. So it was like yes. skinny on top, skinny on bottom. And it didn't somehow accentuate, you know, the middle area. Right. No. And if it hits long enough where it, it creates kind of the eye, the eye and the brain naturally try to complete the picture, yeah. which actually is why lingerie is such a thing for guys, because the brain automatically tries to complete the end of the sentence. And mm -hmm. so you're like, I'm just showing cleavage, but their brain is like, but I know what else is there. You know, <laughs> So when you have like, like a peplum, like it gives the illusion that it just kicks out towards the hip, but to the eye and the brain, we go, Oh, there's hips there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So your brain just kind of completes it. And so that's where visual tricks um, are easy to do because you're really just tricking the brain with the eye. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so we went through the hourglass, the straight, the pear, the apple. What's triangle. 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 Yeah, if you're a triangle, wear like, um, oh my gosh, my brain is slowing down. The a, Not A-line, but like a flare, like a fit and flare. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Like dress. The fit and flares also are a cut that look great, great on most body types mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. um, I love fit and flare dresses because they help hide my, I have a short waist, so it actually helps a lot. Um, but a fit and flare creates that balance for the, the wide shoulder line. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's what you'll see princess Kate in a lot is the, is the voluminous skirt or, you know, flare, flare cut jeans. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like a, like, okay, so let's talk jeans then real fast. If you are busty on top, if you're heavy through the middle or you have a broad shoulder line, 
a straight cut jean, a boyfriend jean, or a flare jean are going to look good on you because they add volume on your bottom half. Mm-hmm. So boyfriend jeans are kind of like a more current way to get volume on the bottom half without looking like right missing the trends I will say that that is one trend I don't know how to style but we don't need to struggle <laughs> we don't need to tackle all my styling struggles right now <laughs> you guys can just come follow me at J Samuel styling on Instagram and I tackle all the little trends and t- tricks there you go J Samuel styling <laughs> And I do, I do follow you. And that's why I knew about which pants are good for an apple shape is because I saw it on your Instagram. That's encouraging. I'll have to remember to keep posting on specific things like that. Yeah. That's funny. Um, so as we're headed towards spring. Yes. Can you tell us what, what are people wearing? What are the trends now? Just recently you posted the colors for spring. Mm-hmm. So that's there. At, I don't know if it's still up there. If it was a, um, uh, I created I created a highlight. Okay. So I saved those to my highlight. It's called Current Trends. Okay, cool. And I saved it to my highlights. So if you go on there, you can look in my highlights, and there should be one called Current Trends. And it I put I posted just a couple pictures of some of the, excuse me, some of the coming trends. I will say we're kind of at the point style. Uh, they're aware that people are not going to turn over their closet every season. Yeah. People don't have the money for that. So one trend, if it if it starts to come up one year, it'll be really big the next year. It'll be somewhat big the year after, and then it'll start to finally phase out. Mm-hmm. So leopard print has been, it was kind of big last year. It was, or it was really big in 19. It was kind of big in 18. It's still here for 2020. It might start to phase out, which just makes me want to personally curl up and cry. But <laughs> I, I will still rock leopard. It is considered a neutral. I will always have leopard <laughs> in my closet. Um, Good to know. But, yeah. So anyways, all the trends, the last number, like handful of years have been very skinny, slim cut, ultra skinny, very form fitted. Um, so you're going to see the pendulum swinging back in the other direction with more paper bag pants. Do you know what that is? Yeah. Yeah. With like the band, the waistband with the bow and the ruffle on the top. Actually, I do because at the Christmas Eve service that we went to when we were visiting family, two of the girls were wearing paper bag waist pants. Uh And my husband was like, what was up with their pants? You're like, it's the trend, honey. It's the trend. I was like, it's called a paper bag waist. He's like, what does that mean? It's like, like, it's like you gathered a paper bag around your waist and tied a bow. He's like, I mean, I see that, but why? <laughs> You're so. like, cause Kenny jeans cannot be the thing forever. My dear. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to see more wide leg, real oversized pieces. Now a real hot thing this coming season is oversized blazers. And when I say oversized, I'm talking three sizes too big kind of oversized. Now, street fashion in the cities where they do all the fashion shows tends to be a lot more exaggerated. Mm -hmm. Basically, that just means your blazers are going to be longer and looser. And so um, I bought one right before Christmas at Marshall's. I'm so glad I did because it was really oversized. And so with oversized pieces to look like you're not drowning in your clothes, I like to pair them with fitted pieces. So I would wear it with a more um, 
form fitted, maybe not tight, but just kind of a little bit more fitted shirt and maybe skinny jeans or uh, even boyfriend jeans would be cute for a looser look and then some cute stiletto heels or something. And so I, it's all about balance with fashion. Yeah. You don't want to go all heavy on one end. You don't want everything super tight or you look trampy. If everything looks super loose and like you're drowning in your clothes, you look homeless. So happy medium is the key. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. So what is the one piece in your wardrobe that you always have to have? And it doesn't matter if it goes in style or out of style, you're going you're gonna to find it. My go-to is leather leggings. Okay. Probably not what we were expecting, huh? No, no. I, okay, so where do you get yours? Because I've seen the Spanx leather leggings, and they are yeah. so cute. But I am not paying $96 for a pair of leggings. Yeah. I know. I know. Okay, so let me give you a little bit of a life hack on buying expensive brands cheaper. Please do, Yes. Okay, you can do Poshmark, of course. Sometimes it's cheaper, sometimes it's not. But Poshmark is one great place you can get top brands for cheaper. Mm -hmm. I recently discovered um, an app called Mercari. It's M-E-R-C-A-R-I. I I feel like I've heard about that before. Okay. Okay, yeah. So I accidentally found it doing a Google search for Legos, and it came up. It's basically (laughs) kind of like eBay, except you're not like compete bidding with anybody. Okay. So you can sell stuff on there and you can buy stuff on there. And so a lot of times when I find something super name brand that I want to try, but I maybe don't want to pay full price, I'll go on Mercari and see if it's over there. And I have found Spanx leggings over there. Sometimes they'll get as high as $75, but usually Mm -hmm. they're closer to 50 or so. Um, And so that's one way that I'll find them. Otherwise, just do a good old Google search and then do it when they're on sale, find the coupon codes, whatever. Um, But yeah, leather leggings because I have my Spanx ones, but they're thicker and sturdier. So I don't actually wear those in the summer. Um, I like to wear my real thin kind of faux leather pleather. They're like they're like just leggings, Uh stretchy. But they have like that coating on the top that makes them look like they're shiny. Yeah. Um, and you can get those on Amazon. They're like fifteen bucks. Yeah. yeah. I've I think seen I got some Amazon dupes that they say for Spanx. Yeah, yeah. And I I really like mine. And a girl that I did her closet recently, she went and bought some from Amazon. <laughs> they're just great because if you're gonna put leggings with a long sweatshirt or something. The leather leggings just kick it up a notch and yeah. add like a touch of sass. And they're just, I just think they're a lot classier looking than just regular flat leggings. Okay. So leggings, pants or not? As pants? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, say, I say it kind of depends. I say if you're going to wear them as pants, cover your butt, please. Okay. That's what I say. Because I've been out with my husband. One time we were at Houston sitting in a Starbucks. Mm -hmm. And I swear I counted 11 women that walked in wearing leggings like they were pants. And I'm like, do they not know we can see every dimple, every jiggle, every whatever? And my poor husband just was like, oh, my gosh, can these women please get a clue? Like, (laughs) he just he couldn't even look anywhere because it was just butts and crotches everywhere. It was like, ladies, cover up the goods. So if you're going to wear leggings, wear them to the gym. 
-hmm. That's where they can be worn as pants is to the gym. Uh, But it's just, I think it's classier to cover your butt if you're going to wear leggings. Good advice. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So we have two questions that we ask everyone that's on the podcast. Okay. So the first one is if you had one suggestion for our listeners after what we've talked about today, what would that be? Oh my gosh. Okay. You just had my brand on leggings. Hold on. I got it. I got it. <laughs> Shift gears. I, I, did, wrote down. I did throw that leggings like thing at you. You totally so. did. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Okay. Are you talking fashion or life? I, you can go, you can go either direction. You can give us one of each. Courtney, you could get 30 more minutes from me out of this question. So I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to think small and fast. Okay. Sounds good. I have found in recent, I've lived my whole life trusting and serving the Lord. And there came a time when a certain trial that I was experiencing, a really unhealthy relationship that I'd been praying and contending for years and years and years would change, didn't change. And it just, by my definition, God was not intervening as he should. (laughs) God was not getting my back. So my thinking shifted and I was like, you know what? guess I'm going to have to get my own back. And when my heart shifted in that direction, I could look back and see that the years that I entertained an attitude of I've got to get my own back or I've got to control my own life somehow, which is a dream in itself. Like who really (laughs) controls their own life? I mean, hello, wake up call. My children. Uh, No. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But when I, I realized how many choices that I made, that either affected my character, affected the joy of my life, affected my relationships, anything, any kind of slow deterioration in the quality of who I was started with my belief that God was not in my corner and that God did not have my back. Mm. And I look back to that and I'm like, you know, I should have known better. And now standing here, Mm -hmm. I can look back and see how even when it was difficult and he was allowing my faith to be totally exhausted in that situation and totally brought to the edge of it. I can see how carefully he was coordinating the steps of my life and the experiences of my life, even in the moments where in the midst of it, it felt like he was nowhere to be found. Mm -hmm. Um, And I realized like having walked through all of that and seeing the Lord finally turn and heal and, and, and change that relationship and change those dynamics. I can see how, the Lord more than carefully had my back and the person that I always want to be comes out of that place of fully, completely trusting the Lord. Mm. And, um, you walk in more peace. You don't, you don't manipulate situations. You don't, uh, you don't have to get into fear and insecurity. You know, you can let go of situations that don't go your way when we're trusting the Lord it leaves us even in a, just a less toxic place as a human being. You know what I mean? Mm. And cause it allows us to just stay in a place of joy and peace and rest. And it keeps you out of fear-based toxic based thinking. And, and it's as simple as continuing to know that God is in your corner yeah. and no one cares about you more than he does. And so that would be my, that would be my nugget. Do you have a podcast about that? Because you should. Well, there probably will be one coming. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to wait. I need to write that down on my ideas list. Hang on. You really do. Your corner. Okay. (laughs) Thank you for that idea. 
Um, <clears throat> I, I love that. Um, okay, so none of us have gotten where we are without, you know, the support of other people. And you have been that support for many of the girls in your life. And you and your husband have been that support for the, your college kids and your church members. Who is it that helped you along on your spiritual and professional journey? I have thought about this many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of why I'm so passionate about being available for younger women is because it was so hard for me to find anybody who was available. Mm-hmm. Not that there have not been women to speak into my life. There have been, but usually they were in short spurts, maybe okay. a couple years here, a couple years there. Aside from my mother and my sisters, um, I would say, I would say there wasn't necessarily any one woman that walked with me through the years. Hmm. And I don't know if that's good or bad. I'm thankful for the women that I had that came in short seasons. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But I think, cause I've always been so hungry. I always, and because I, I really want, I don't want Sunday morning, Jesus, I want deep in your face. I'm going to wreck the world like the disciples did kind of Jesus. Yeah. And that's a harder mentor to find. Right. It just is. And I think that was perhaps some of the struggle was I would find women that had wisdom and I would eat from their wisdom, Mm -hmm. but I did not find many women that were running the same, uh, end goal as me. I don't know how to say that, but not everybody pursued Jesus as deep and hard as I wanted to learn from. Hmm. And, um, maybe it was, I just didn't find anyone with my same gift sets. Maybe I was craving someone who's also like a prophetic communicator. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but it was a, so I gleaned what I could from the women available. Yeah. I, I read a lot. I read a lot and I surround myself with community, like probably being in community and having women around me, um, helps the most. And I have an accountability partner, at this season of my life, who I did meet in college at Bible school, she's probably been one of the most consistent voices through all the years. And, um, she's a huge blessing. So, so yes, so that's, that's part of why I'm so passionate about being available long-term for people. Yeah. So, and so you're not necessarily getting it all from one person at this point, you're kind of like, Oh, I want that part of that person's personality, or I'm going to take that idea that they're using with their children, or I love the way she just responded to her husband, and I'm going to remember that next time that my husband and I have that type of interaction. You're kind of taking those and creating the person that you want to become. Yeah, which, I mean, the word says in Proverbs that he who has many counselors, success is sure, you know, so there. And I feel like even people who get into the trap of only having one voice they're listening to, that could become unhealthy because you don't have varied perspectives to maybe call out what might be unhealthy from that person. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So there is health and there is wisdom in having multiple sources of wisdom coming in because there's more balance in that place. Like as the body, we benefit from the whole, you know? Um, and so, but, and I do, I do always have people, my goal is always to have people that are close enough and trusted enough and that I live transparently enough with that they can call out anything that looks out of order in my life. Mm. Um, because if, if you don't have someone close enough to call out what's out of order, you're in a dangerous place Yeah. because we all need that. 
So yeah, I heard recently a pastor talk about having dangerous friends. Yeah. And, but it was the opposite, like use of dangerous, like you need someone who's dangerous in your life because they know you so well that they can ask those really hard questions and they're not going to just accept like, Oh, you're fine. Whatever. They're going to be like, um, that was really dumb. And I don't think that was the kind of person that Jesus has created you to be. Maybe you should stop think about that and pray about that. That's a dangerous friend because it's easier to have the ones that are like, I just accept you how you are and whatever you do is fine. You know, those Uh are the easier friends to have. And so I love, but just the idea that you said you put yourself in those relationships. So you don't shy away from those relationships. You Mm -hmm. purposely make sure that you're, and that takes developing on your end as well. Like spending enough time with these people and being open enough with these people that they know who you are because if you're Mm -hmm. not open, they can't really know who you are to be able to hold you accountable to that. Yeah. Yeah. I think some of the times in my life where I've had some of the best transformation Mm -hmm. is when someone looked at me who I knew loved me and wasn't afraid to tell me the hard stuff. Yeah. And I think the dangerous thing about the culture that we're in today, where it's like, get away from toxic people, get away from toxic people, run the other way from toxic people. I think we're, this culture of like uh, self-love and all this kind of stuff, it at their core, yes, they can be great. Um, but I think we have to be really careful with it because A, self-love too far becomes narcissism mm-hmm. <laughs> and it becomes self-service and you become the God of your own life. And that mm-hmm. my life is not my own. My life belongs to Christ, yeah. you know? And so self-love is good. We, he tells us to love others as you love yourself. So yes, I need to love myself, but I need to serve God and die to myself daily. And the people around me who might feel toxic because they love me enough to say the hard thing, there's a difference between toxic and I love you enough to say the hard thing. Yeah. Toxic is when they're, they're self-centered and narcissistic and the relationship is always costing you something mm-hmm. and it's not it's not a covenant type relationship where it, it's give on both sides. That's a toxic relationship. But a healthy relationship where it's someone who's not afraid to tell you the hard things is where you know they love you, they have your best interests at heart, they're going to tell you what might hurt your feelings in the moment, like, hey, you know, you should have used more wisdom. That was not smart. Like, you're better than that. But they're going to call out your your bigness, your goodness yeah. at the same time. Those are the kind of friends that we need. And so yeah. in our culture, we have to be able to discern between what our culture is saying and what our flesh wants to do with that. And what Proverbs and what wisdom, yeah. <laughs> what the kingdom of God would say. So I love that. Even just thinking about like the def- your definition of toxic relationships is like someone that, you know, is narcissistic and costs you more than them. Yeah. And I'm like sitting here going through my friendships going, okay, am I asking more of someone that I'm giving? <laughs> like going through that in my head, I'm like, okay, I'm going to need to think through this. <laughs> I know. I girl, that was quick on the tongue because I just listened to a podcast today. It was Dr. Caroline Leaf's podcast, but she had Henry Cloud, who is the author oh, of the Boundaries, Boundaries. book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they were talking about relationships and they touched on a lot of different kinds of boundaries in different kinds of relationships. It was really good. You're gonna need um, to tell me what's the name of that podcast? Uh there's a brain on the front of it. It always looks like a butt to me. It's so funny. Oh. Um <laughs> I'm, I'm sure like, they'll be glad to me. know that. 
Dr. Dr. Caroline Leaf, it's called Cleaning Up the Mental Mess. Oh, okay. And yeah, she's got a little brain on the front. She's so cute, but yeah, the brain just looks like a butt at first glance. <laughs> um, but I think it's episode number 121. Okay. Well, I am a big fan of boundaries, and I know that that has really helped us in some of our relationships. Yeah. You know, in the last few years as Jeff and I have gotten married and built our relationship. And then that of course changes relationship with family and uh, parents. And then you have to figure out what that redefined relationship look like, looks yeah. like. And so that is something that I always suggest to people if they're like, I don't really know what to do with this person. I'm like boundaries. Read boundaries. Yes. Yes, <laughs> yeah. girl. I know he says in there too, like when you start implementing boundaries, how some people, especially if they're control people, they'll get really frustrated with your boundaries. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like I experienced that in an interaction recently. And of course, some of it might have been I probably did not communicate my boundaries in the most articulate, respectful way. So that <laughs> that's on me. Uh-huh. That's on me. <laughs> boundaries in that relationship were kind of a new defensive situation. Like, I'm okay. protecting myself. Here's my boundaries, you know. But uh, anyways, but boundaries, my friend says, is um, that's how we boundaries are the lines we draw so I can safely love you and safely love me at the same time. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. They're lines. They're fluid. They're not, they're not walls. They're fluid lines and they're just what's necessary in the moment based on the trustworthiness that's been demonstrated. So yeah. yeah, But well, thank you for everything that you have shared with us today. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Thanks for having me. You're so sweet to have asked. Of course. I was like, get to talk to a friend from high school. This is awesome. I know. I'm so excited. Well, and even just as we were talking about how we were going to talk about fashion, you know, so many of our subjects, I feel like on the podcast are so serious, you know, and I'm like, fashion is not serious. It's fun. It is. I'm not real great at it, but it's super fun. Oh, well, and I'm, I'm sorry if you can edit out anything that I said that is confusing because I get a little geeked out over it because I have all the terms and all the things in my head and I don't always communicate it very well, but if I'm in your closet, we'd have fun. (laughs) No, you did. You did fabulous. I understood everything and I'm like a fashion, like not a fashion nerd. So (laughs) I understood it. So, well, thank you so much for being with us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Okay, now I don't need any emails coming to the journey of Ruth at gmail.com in a couple days with angry spouses wondering why the Amazon order for this month was so much bigger. <laughs> but didn't she make you think about your clothes and maybe even dressing your body in a different way? I mean, maybe, maybe she gave you a concrete reason to hate high waisted pants. No? just me I if you love them good for you but I, I just can't do guys I just can't <laughs> and I realized that my body shape had a lot to do with the reason that I hated high-waisted pants and it was generally that helped me realize that so I hope you were encouraged by her I hope you were encouraged by her words about her boys I loved her encouragement of observe and encourage And I'm going to use those words when I'm tempted to intervene uh, or to try to change my kid's thought process. Observe and encourage. I mean, probably we could use that phrase 
in so many areas of life, right? You can get a hold of Jenna Lee over on her podcast Instagram page at Java with Jen or her styling page at J Samuel Styling. You can also find her on Facebook on the Java with Jen podcast group page. If you send her a message, she's always very quick to respond. But I would say if you're on Instagram, follow her because she's always got great content that she's throwing up there each week. And remember to consider becoming a patron of the podcast over at patreon.com slash journey of Ruth for only $5 a month. This is your chance to be a greater part of our podcast community. I would love for you to visit me over on Instagram at journey of Ruth on Facebook at journey of Ruth or on our website at journey of Ruth The website is the perfect place to find older episodes of the podcast, find out more about our mission and request that I come speak to your group or at your group's function. I hope you all have a wonderful week and I will see you back here next Monday on the journey of Ruth podcast.